turn to the first chapter of the Gospel of John this morning. another verse onto what we're doing. I promise later days we'll make fast progress, as I said. We're making slow progress now because we need to understand who Jesus is as John relates him to us. We might say, well, yes, I know this already. I've been raised here. I know this stuff. Let's fix it in our minds so that there is no doubt, so that we will live it out into the glory of our Heavenly Father. Let me pray. Gracious Lord, it is our great privilege and honor to come before you today. We pray that as we read your word, that your Holy Spirit would descend upon us, that our eyes would be open, that we would see with clarity who Jesus is, that our heart, our mind, our eyes would all be illumined, that we would see clearly the truth that would come and fix it in our hearts, Lord, of who Jesus is, that he is our Lord and Savior. We ask this in his name. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Comprehend it, overcome it, apprehend it. There's a lot of uh, different ways to translate that word, and that word, as we see in a little bit, is crucial uh, to our understanding uh, of this. Now, while you're there, uh, flip over to Ephesians chapter 2, and stay there, and we'll get there in just a second. Now, there's a story of a farmer. This is, you know, stories can be made up, or they can be taken from real life. I'm sure this is taken from real life. But uh, he was trying to teach his son, you know, the way real life is. And his son was young, so he takes him and says, Come on, son, your mom wants a chicken for dinner. So they go out to the hen house. He says, Pick one out, son. So he picks him out, and he's got him and says, Well, you know what you got to do. So the boy takes him, and he, he lops the chicken's head off and puts him down, and the chicken goes running around. And he says, Dad, look at that chicken. He's dead, and he don't even know it yet. Now, you think, is there a theological application to that? Yes, there is, Ephesians chapter 2. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the course of the world, to the prince of the power of the air, that the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Dead. So many. In fact, everybody who's dead doesn't know it. And you're thinking, am I dead? No, no. If you understand the things of Christ, you are no longer spiritually dead. You have been made, what, alive in Christ. Why are there people who do not understand who Jesus Christ is? They're dead. They're in darkness in particular. See, the light has shone into the world. That is the light of men, the light of the glory of Jesus Christ. For those of us who understand it, our eyes have been opened. We are no longer in darkness. And it's not enough to say that I know who Jesus is. There are plenty of people in the world who say, I agree that there was a man named Jesus, and historically that he was crucified. 
And that there has been a movement that is based around his life and his teachings or what people thought that he said. There are plenty of people in the world who will agree to that. There are plenty of people in the world, in other religions, who are willing to add Jesus in as a prophet or add Jesus in as another god to their collection of gods. As we were talking in Sunday school about uh, Haiti, and, and I heard the other day that Oh, about 60 or 70, I forget the exact amount, percent of those uh, asked in Haiti will, it, will adhere, they will, they will say that they are Roman Catholic. And then the other 30% will say that they are some sort of evangelical. Well, that, that's pretty much 100% of Haiti. And, and that's Sunday morning. What are they doing Saturday night? They're out in the voodoo houses. Okay? Now, if anybody's been to Haiti, you, it, all you have to do is go outside on a Saturday night, outside of town a little bit, and you can hear the music. And they are going at it. And how do you know a voodoo house? You walk by it, it has a cross that is burned, black and charred. Okay, that's where they go. And those people will come into church all bleary-eyed in the morning because they have been all up all night doing that voodoo that they do so well. Isn't that those? (laughs) And they're hedging their bets because they're going to come to worship on Sunday morning. But they've been out with the voodoo on Saturday night. Well, there are plenty of people who know in their head about Jesus, but their lives have not been changed. So they are still technically in darkness because they have not had a new heart placed in their life. They have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All they know is that he was real, but he has no impact on their lives. More about that in a moment. Moral, spiritual darkness. This is where men who are outside and women who are outside of Christ reside. That's where they live. They've never comprehended Christ. They do not understand the light. They are still in darkness. And by nature, all men love the darkness. We love the darkness because our deeds are evil. Okay? When do the evil deeds happen? In the dark of night. Okay? You're more likely to get away with stuff in the darkness. That is what we are, relative, spiritually speaking. Okay, why do they love the darkness? They hate the light because they love the darkness. They don't want their deeds exposed. Expose my deeds, I have to deal with them. Well, it's not enough to expose my deeds to a relative authority. Okay, you can come to me, let's say I'm, I'm in darkness, I don't know anything about Christ, and you can come to me and say, Randy, your deeds are wrong. And I'm going to say, compared to what? Compared to you? Look what I do compared to you. Okay, I'm not like you. I treat people nice. But see, that's not it. We don't compare our deeds to everybody else because everybody else is still in darkness. When our eyes are open, we know that our deeds, we know that our hearts are foul compared to the Lord, but they are cleansed in the Lord. That's part of it. When we see clearly in Christ, when our eyes are open, the darkness is done away with, We understand those deeds of darkness. We understand our hearts, but we also understand the grace and the forgiveness and the love and the peace that is only found in Jesus Christ. That is part of the light. Well, let's look at the first chapter of the Gospel of John. We understand that those who are in darkness don't know that they're in darkness. Because if they knew they were in darkness, they'd want to pursue the light. Because the light is where the truth is. Okay? But they love the darkness because they are what? From Ephesians chapter 2. Dead. They are dead. 
Chapter 5, light, or verse, uh, verse 5, chapter 1, light is the great second image here. Life, last week, we only have life in Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And now comes light. Okay, John, in, in everything that he writes, his gospel, his epistles, revelation, we see this kind of uh, uh, play between what is light in, light in light and what is in darkness. Light is the universal image for being illumined, for having your eyes open, for being able to see, because if it's dark, you can't see. Now, I, I know this sounds very simple, but this is one of those great things in the Bible that we have to understand. Where's the darkness? Okay. Hmm. Well, maybe under your chairs, under the pews, it's darker than it is above. Maybe if we go into the chapel where the lights are out, it is darker in there. But what is still present in there? Light. How? Well, there's a crack between those two doors. There are vents. Light gets in. Darkness cannot overcome the light. Okay, we understand that. If it is pitch black, if you have ever been, um, let me think, a good example. Okay, the tornado sirens go off. You go into your room in the center of your house that has no windows. And you've got your pillow and your blanket. You know, it's 2 o'clock at night and the sirens go off. And it doesn't mean anything to me because they never wake me up. But uh, somebody comes in and wakes me up. And I go into that room in the center of our house and I close the door and the power goes off. And, you know, it's that room so dark. You can't see anything in front of your eyes. That's darkness. Light a match. What do you see in the room? Everything. Okay, why? A little bit of light illumines everything. Can the darkness beat up that light? Can it defeat that light? Can it overtake that light? No. The light shines. Darkness cannot overcome it. You get the Hubble telescope, and it looks a hundred light years away, a million light years away. What is it seeing? It's seeing light. It's not seeing a planet. It is seeing the light that is reflected off of that planet. It is seeing a star. It is seeing the light that it gives off. Okay? That, the darkness of space cannot overcome the light. People who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them light has shined. Isaiah chapter 9. In Jesus was life and the light of men. Right here, first chapter of John. Paul talks to the, to the Christians at, at the church at Philippi. He says, become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Christ is here in this world in what form? The church, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are the light that shines into a darkened world. As long as we are shining the things of Christ. Some days we're duller than others, uh, but still, if we are a believer, there is the presence of Christ within us. However dimmed by our own actions or selfishness, yet that is there. Turn over to Psalm 27. Let's just look at a couple illustrations from the Old Testament about light. It's the universal image for a mind that is... uh, enlightened and and, and given understanding. God is pictured throughout Scripture as light. In fact, there is no sun in heaven because God is there and the light shines from his glory. 
Okay, we don't need any sun. And, and, and understand, today, it's a nice day outside. Even if we turned off the electric lights, there would still be enough light to function in here because the sun comes in. In the middle of the night, you know, if you turn a flashlight on in here, it is still very dark over here. So when we see the power of the sun to illumine many, many things and great areas, that is only a, a, a poor taste of the light of the glory of God. It fills the temple. It fills everything. It's not a sun. It is the glory that gives off this light. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Turn over a few pages to chapter 36. Verse 9. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we see light. See, it takes his light to come and to shine so that we can see it. We cannot, in our own sinfulness, see the light of Christ. Our eyes are blinded to it. We're in darkness, spiritually dead. We don't know who Christ is. We might know in our minds, but our lives are not changed. It is not until the Lord illumines us, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to these things, that we can see his light. Let me read for you from uh, another one. Bless the Lord my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with splendor and majesty, covering thyself with light as with a cloak, stretching out heaven like a tent curtain. Okay, these are just some of the images that we see of our Heavenly Father and light, just from, just from the Old Testament, uh, just a, a taste. Back to the Gospel of John. Light penetrates the imaginable depths of, of space. It, it goes, uh, you know, just a small light in this room in the middle of darkness would light the room for us. Now, we can't compare our light and our understanding outside of the things of Christ. Okay, here we are on a camping trip, right? And I bring my flashlight, and you know what? I got a flashlight. It's got a halogen bulb on it. It's got the four D batteries in it. It's not a a deer spotting light. You know, for those who hunt, you know, you have a a spotting lamp that has a million or two million candles. You, if you're close enough to the deer, you can cook it right out there in the field with those lights. You You know? Okay, let's say I've got my flashlight here and you're on the camping trip and you come with your little uh, two battery uh, old kind kind of boy scout light that you know you shake and the light comes on and off like that and I go you know my light's a lot brighter than yours okay of course that's at two in the morning what happens when the sun comes out doesn't matter can't see mine see it is the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ it is his light that shines in a darkened world. We think we have a little bit of light and, and, and you know, well, that's good, but that's relative to the things of this world. That's not relative to the power of Christ. There's a reaction. In fact, there are two reactions for people when we talk about the light of Christ. One is they hate Christ for it. They hate to have light shine in their darkened life and they rebel against it and they tried to do everything to rid themselves of the influence of Christ the other response is a simple confession that yes I'm in darkness and sin 
and I need that light to give me the life that I so desperately need. We live in a, uh, we live in a confused world, a world that has little understanding of the reality of the things of Christ, little understanding of the reality of this light. To see light, to have our eyes opened, is to understand who we are before our Heavenly Father. To understand that outside of Christ, we have no ability to make ourselves worthy of his grace. Now, this is, this is the area. Now, let me tell you the short version of this. I said this week was up, up here, right up to here. I just had my nose above. Well, you know what? I never work on my sermons on Saturday night. You'll probably tell. You did this Saturday night, didn't you? <laughs> I tried to make it too complicated. I looked at it, and I studied it, and I want to tell you how many pages I read. And I said, you know, this is a great thing, this light. This is so powerful throughout the gospel. And, and I, I, I credit Dan. He said, it's pretty simple, Ram. Okay. <laughs> I said, yeah, it is simple. It is very simple. The problem is, when we understand it, we have a difficulty with others who don't. Why don't you understand this? Isn't this plain and simple enough? Don't, can't you grasp this? Ooh, let's, let's look at something here. Go over to the book of Titus. And this will help us understand why those around us do not understand the things of the gospel. It's so plain. It's so clear to us. Okay? Christ is the Son of God. He is here from all eternity. Why don't you understand that? He is our Savior. He gave his life as a perfect sacrifice because we're imperfect and we are alienated from God. How can we get back to the Lord? Well, the Lord makes a way for us to do that. He sent his son as a sacrifice to cover our sin. We are washed in that sacrifice. All that sin is forgiven by the Lord as far as the east is from the west. And we can walk into his presence, not on our own authority or power, but by the work of Christ. Simple, right? There's so many people who just don't understand it. And if you remember, there was a day that you didn't understand it as well. There were days where you listened to people talk that way and you went, you're crazy. I don't believe any of that. Or you went, yeah, yeah, I know all that. I heard that in third grade Sunday school. But it didn't impact your life. Why is that possible? Titus chapter 3. Verse 3, for we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hurtful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we might be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There was a day when we did not know Christ, and it, it is to our benefit to remember that. What were you like before you were a Christian? Now, there might be someone in the room who is not a Christian, and you're going, I I don't know what you're talking about. Hang on with us. But for those of us who are believers, 
What was it like? What were you like? Oh, maybe you were a good person. Okay? There were a lot of us who were really nice before we were believers. But yet, we were in what? Darkness. We were in sin. Our hearts were separated from the Lord. We were just as much in need of salvation as that, I don't know, the, the dreg of humanity. Where we're, Here we are, I'm at a, a concert. I'm in high school out in a little town called Burgettstown, which is uh, north of where we lived. I'm, I'm with this group of singers. It's a Sunday night, and it's kind of hot. So in Pennsylvania, the old churches don't have air conditioning, and the back doors are open, and we're singing. And, and in staggers this guy up the aisle. He hears us singing. Now, that guy needed Christ, okay, because he was really bad. Not like me, okay. Well, I was a nice guy, but he was really bad. It was obvious that his life was full of debauchery and he needed Christ. Well, Christ changed him at that moment. But if Christ had not come into his life and not come into my life, who was going to heaven? Was I going because I was a nice guy? No. I was just as sinful as he, okay. We understand that you're either in darkness or you're in light. There is no twilight when it comes to spiritual things. There is an opening of our eyes by the work of the Spirit, but when it comes to having our hearts changed and the light shine upon us, that comes from Christ. So this is the frustration, I think, that we face. How could people live in darkness? Don't they understand the truth? Well, I know that it might be hard to believe this. But I've done some really great sermons in my life. Okay? I want to tell you what. I mean, I've spoken at events. I've spoken at weekends and and, and revivals and things. And I want to tell you what. I have crafted some doozies. I've put together those words and those illustrations. And the people have cried and they have laughed. And, and, and I, I have been at you know, molded those words of Scripture in such a perfect fashion that you could not deny Jesus Christ as your Savior. That it was, it was so clear that they had to believe. And I would give an invitation. And you know what? I spent a lot of solitary times up front. Because those perfectly crafted messages, those things where I, I thought I took them to the heights of, of undeniability of Christ, what was going on in their hearts? You know, when's dinner? You know, how long is this guy going to go? I thought it was so good. It was so clear. I had made it so simple. You know, I, I thought it was a failure at different times. I said, Lord, what is going on here? And then we read these passages the light shines in the darkness. It takes the light. Where does the light come from? It comes from Christ. How is that light delivered? It is delivered through the power of the Holy Spirit. I cannot convince anybody to believe. Why? Because they're dead. I cannot give life. I'm simply, just as you are, the vehicle through which we communicate the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And who is the light? It is him. Who opens the eyes of those people that we are communicating with? It is the Holy Spirit. I can't get anybody to heaven. I can't even get me to heaven. It is Christ. It is when he comes and opens our eyes. And then, as I said before, I have been, this is not so hard to believe, I have been pitiful in communicating the gospel. I have done it in ways that I thought, did I even speak intelligent words? 
And it seems that those days when I am the weakest and the worst, the Lord does things. So maybe you ought to come and pray every Sunday. Lord, make Randy terrible today. (laughs) Just make him hardly intelligible, but bring the Holy Spirit. Because that opens eyes. I cannot open an eye. You cannot open an eye. Only the Lord can do this. God knows our weaknesses. He knows our imperfections. He knows our, the secrets that we hold within our hearts. But yet he has chosen us to be the communicators of this great gospel message. And through that, he uses and brings his light. And it is the spirit that changes lives. All the darkness of Satan, all the darkness of the universe, all the darkness that could ever be gathered cannot extinguish the light of the gospel. We fear no man. Why? Because we are so powerful? No, because the light of Jesus Christ shines through us. Some days it shines very clearly. Other days it is a dim, wadded bulb that resides here. But yet... It is still the power of Christ. Now, when we communicate that, you think, okay, that's what I'm to communicate. I'm to communicate the gospel, and the Lord will change a heart according to his light. What about those of us who are believers? Okay, Is there a way that our eyes could be darkened in some fashion? Well, I think there are ways that our eyes can be dimmed to the truth of Christ. Okay. Now, we are no longer dead in our trespasses and sin. We've had a new heart placed within us, but our eyes can be dimmed. How can our eyes be dimmed? If we as believers choose to walk on a path that is not righteous, if we purposely seek sin in our life, if we know what is right and we choose to follow what is wrong. Now, it might be a struggle and we are, we are battling against a certain sin in our life or maybe we are just not taking the time to read the word and to participate in worship and do those things that will cause us to understand. That's how we get to the place where we read the word and we go, you know what, I just don't hear the Lord speaking to me. Am I in the desert? Am I in the wilderness? No, you're in a very dim light because you're not doing the things that cause that light to shine. You're pursuing things that darken it, okay? And and whatever those might be in your own life, that's what we have to wrestle with as individual believers. We have to put aside those things. We have to pursue the things that take us to the light. We have to read the word and dig into the word. We have to participate in the sweetness of the fellowship of the body of Christ. We have to sing his praises, even if you can't carry a tune, okay? The Lord is more concerned about your heart than, than the right notes, That's what he wants to hear. He wants to hear the joy in your heart. Sing it out in the shower, in the car, in this room, wherever you are. Sing the praises of God. Let those things fill your life and your eyes will grow sharper and sharper, more sharply attuned to the things of Christ. So if you think I am, why, Lord, don't I hear your voice today? You have to review your life. Say, what things are you pursuing that are the things of the darkness? What things are you pursuing that do not help you see the light? It's the light of Jesus Christ. For those who are in darkness, it takes a little and their eyes can be open. We are the vehicle to communicate that to them. It is the Holy Spirit who does the work. 
For those of us who have already seen the light, if you think it's just not as clear as it used to be, check your life. What are you doing? Are you pursuing those things of holiness and of graciousness and of joy, the things that really develop that relationship, or are you leaving those aside saying, well, I'll get to them some other day? The Lord calls us to himself. He says, come, be a part of this, enjoy the fellowship, worship me, read the word, pray, you'll understand. Let's pray. Lord, the light of Christ. How clear it is to us whose eyes have been opened. Of course this is true. But yet there are so many in this world whose eyes are still darkened to the things of Christ. They do not understand. And Lord, you call us to present the message in what we say and what we do. We don't have the authority, we don't have the ability to change a life. We only have the ability to be used by you. To communicate the truth to demonstrate the truth, and to pray that your spirit will come at that moment and open their eyes to the truth of Jesus Christ. Use us, Lord. Open doors where we might walk through and say, oh, you know what? That that can only be an opportunity to share the gospel. Those things just don't land in your lap for no reason. That person has looked at me and asked me for help. How can I communicate the gospel to them? Whatever the circumstance, Lord, use us for your glory. Use us as your instruments to proclaim that Jesus Christ is the light. And that light has come into this world that men may have life and have it more abundantly. We ask this in his precious name. Amen. Let us stand and sing 663, Send the Light.